0: You're going to remember this every day for the rest of your life. If you want to get to a goal, if you want to get to your dream, you got to focus on all the little steps. You have to put in your time, you have to be patient, and you have to enjoy the process. Whatever you're doing now, whatever you want to be great at, whatever you want to be special at, I'm sure you you may be already be good at it, but to be extraordinary, you have to do extra. I firmly believe that we are all here for a very specific reason, to do something truly extraordinary but what are you going to do to get there welcome to the Megna method podcast and i'm very fortunate today to sit down with ethan marine personal trainer based out of miami beach florida ethan marine is a outstanding trainer who i've known for over a year now uh, almost two a great trainer a great person a big heart and um honestly uh very taken back that he's a member of uh, the anatomy team. He's terrific. He's also involved with several other businesses and clients and just an awesome trainer. So I'm really uh, happy to have him sit down with uh, the Magnum Method Podcast today. We're going to put Ethan through a bunch of questions here, but I just want to start out asking Ethan Marine about his uh, pathway to fitness. But firstly, of course, welcome to the show, Ethan. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you. wanted to have you on for a long time now. And Ethan you know, is a uh I call him the food specialist. We have questions we ask Ethan on the <laughs> staff. But let's start off, uh let's talk about your pathway to fitness and uh where you grew up, where you're from and how you ended up as a fitness pro and, and fitness professional and someone who's knowledgeable in the field. Sure. I um I'd say it
1: started when I was playing Pee Wee football. Uh you know, you have to you have to make weight for uh Pee Wee football, whether you're in JV or Pee Wee or whatever they call it back then. And uh, and I remember trying to make weight and just being, that's when I was first introduced to just even being more conscious about my activity level, what I was eating. And uh, and I started to become sort of obsessed with it so that I could make weight, so that I could perform, so I could be a, a, a great football player on the field. And, um, and ever since then, I think I just, I took that and I started really focusing on my diet, I um, started noticing increases in performance on the field and then uh and then I got into weightlifting when I got into college or not college uh high school. I started getting into weightlifting, and um, I really found that the gym was i think as most people do an escape It's like it was therapy for me right, right? and uh, I, I really enjoyed it I, I looked forward to going there every day and uh I remember the, the gym when I was that age, like in high school, mm-hmm. going through breakups. Even like, oh, I, yeah. I remember specifically, uh, there was a rough breakup I was going through. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, really rough, freshman in high school. Right, right. <laughs> oh, those are the worst. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was the end of the world, you know? Right. Um, so this girl, we broke up, I was having a hard time, and I would I would find myself going to the gym and hitting the treadmill or, or any piece of cardio equipment for uh, 30 minutes to an hour at a time. And it was just, it was my opportunity to uh, sort of escape, and and just my my therapy. So uh, so from there, you know I got over it, and then I uh, started lifting weights, started to be more for me, um, and started seeing results, which just makes you want to go more. And uh, and then I started to you know it starts to pique your curiosity. Like you're going to the gym, you're working out, you're lifting weights, and you're just like you start to Wonder like okay, I want a little bit, know a little bit more about the human anatomy. Why this works? What works? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just kind of blossomed from there. Um, I went on would play football in high school. What um, position did you play? Uh, middle linebacker. Nice. Yeah, the killer. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love to just sit back, watch the play happen, right. and follow the ball and destroy him. That's awesome. Yeah, I, didn't I was, know that. I'm not, uh, I'm not the fastest person, so it was easy. It was the best position for me because I didn't have to come off the line right. as quickly as everyone else. Right, right. I'd kind of sit back and watch it happen for a second.
0: Very cool. Who was your favorite player back then?
1: Uh, to, to be perfectly honest with you, I never really followed okay. football. That's fair. Yeah, I, I really, I always say. I don't really enjoy watching sports. I'd much rather be playing them. So it I've was about that before. Yeah, it was about <laughs> being on the field for right. me. I, I never really I didn't go back home and, and watch any particular team or watch the games. Um, I probably should have. It would have made me a better player. But uh, but I wasn't really interested in that. I was just interested in, in making myself better and, and listening to my coaches.
0: Okay.
1: But uh, but yeah, I I started to become interested in anatomy and what works and why it works right and uh and so that kind of took me through high school Mm -hmm. and then um and then I got to college and I decided that it was something I was so fascinated with uh and so passionate about that I I thought I would even make it my career right and um and so I knew from an early age I think I had that advantage a lot of people they go into college their freshman year their senior sophomore year and they kind of have no idea what they do, want to do. Even by their senior year, a lot of people still have no idea what they it's, want to it's do. so true. So um, I knew pretty much immediately I wanted to get into a major that focused on fitness, on health, on nutrition, something along those lines. And uh, and I realized pretty quickly that I wasn't very good at science. I was really bad at chemistry, um, biology. Yeah. Uh, that's I was no picnic. Yeah, that's, if I can't <laughs> see it, I don't really. I'm not good at it. Yeah. It needs to be something I can visualize. Um, so I was good at anatomy. I was good at anything that I can see that I can kind of uh, that I can replicate. Right. Right. In the gym. Uh, so, so I quickly realized that like exercise phys or exercise science. Required a lot of chemistry and things that I wasn't good at. Oh yeah. So I actually went, even though that was what I was passionate about. I went in the nutrition direction. Mm -hmm. It required a little bit less of that stuff. Right. And I was still really passionate about that too.
0: Now at this time, you're in college and you're you're, you've started to pursue nutrition. And how are you eating in college? Were you always like a uh, mindful eater and someone who understood the value of what you're taking in? Absolutely.
1: Really. I mean. I would say up until that moment I spoke of when I was playing peewee football and I started to watch my diet, up until then, I was like Totino's pizzas for wow. breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh, really? Yeah, awful, terrible diet. Like, didn't think about it at all. But from that point forward and to up until this very day, I'd say I've always been very mindful of, of my diet. So, even in college, mm-hmm. I was definitely... I lived with a five guys okay, in a house it's basically like a small fraternity house um and I was the only one who didn't order the pizza uh, yeah I was cleaning up the pizza that's right <laughs> yeah exactly but, but no I was making good food or at least what I thought was good at that time right. you know
0: well, I'm sure it was much better than what they were eating it, yeah 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 definitely you're in college you're watching what you're eating and then you figure out are you personal training in college or uh yeah so still learning please so um my first job in college
1: was, I, uh, I actually entered into this program to become a personal trainer through the college. Uh, at FSU, they have the college gym um, okay. or fitness facility, which is called the Leach Center. Right. Beautiful, right? No? Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, and... Uh,
0: My wife went to Florida State, and she took me there to train once. It's incredible. Oh, yeah? I was really impressed with it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful, huge facility. Huge. Um, and... So I entered into their program, you have to obviously pass the certification, but they, uh, they take you through an entire course in order to become a, uh, or learn to become a personal trainer. So I did that, and once I passed, uh, that's basically how I paid my way through college, and that was my, my college career for a couple of years. I did that, working with, and it was a great way to get some hands-on experience mm-hmm. without feeling like I was going to break someone Because the people I was working with were like freshmen in college, and uh, you know they're like rubber bands. (laughs) Oh yeah, they're almost unbreakable. Yeah, they you break their leg, it's healed by the next morning. Yeah. So I wasn't too worried about uh, you know you make a lot of mistakes when you're first starting out. Right. I I was uh, I was doing my best, but there was still a lot I didn't know, and and so it was a great place to practice and and get a lot of experience under my belt, and. um, and so I did that for a couple of years mm-hmm. and then I
0: moved to Gold's Gym. Mm-hmm. What was that like quickly in college? You are in college, you were of the same age of many of the kids you are training, is that correct? Yeah. And how do you, how would you get clients? Would they see a really fit guy in the gym and they approach you and how did you feel? Was it a bit awkward and uncomfortable because it's hard to take direction or listen to someone who's the same age? Right, uh, a couple of ways we got clients. People
1: would sign up. For a student, it was free uh, if you signed up for the program, like at the beginning of the semester. Um, Or you could walk the floor and introduce yourself to people and pick up clients that way. I did a little bit of both. Okay. Um, And, yeah, it it could be awkward, but they're looking to you. They're young. They're looking to you as a professional. You passed this program. You you went through your certification. Okay. Um, So And there's a lot of, uh, you can imagine, freshmen through Uh, seniors in college working out in a gym there's a lot of testosterone and egos in that room right a lot of people doing a lot of things really wrong um so you try yeah you try to approach people and help them out uh
0: some of those interactions go better than others i'm sure (laughs) that could be a reality tv show yeah that would be great but that's a great school and they have a very good reputation for turning over uh uh, wellness professionals and people in the field, correct? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so then and you were saying after you left uh, Florida State, you went on your first uh, uh, job was to work with Gold, correct? I I was
1: still at Florida State, okay. still going to school, um, getting my degree in, in uh, dietetics. Okay. Uh, and then I, I left Florida State, I left the, the job at Florida State and I went on to work at Gold's Gym Okay. through the last about year, two years. Gold
0: Gym, what, what, around what year was that, roughly? That had to be oh seven, oh eight. Gold Gym in 08, hardcore. I saw it even a little bit before that, you yeah. can only imagine. But what was that like? What was the culture like there? Um. Well, it's...
1: They're franchised. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. particular... Well, actually, three of those locations in, uh, in Tallahassee oh, wow. are owned by the same group of guys. There's
0: three Gold's in Tallahassee? Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah, or at least when I left. I don't know what right. it's like now, but... Right. Um, they were franchised, owned by the same guys, and uh, and it was yeah. I mean, they were catering to anybody who, any students mainly, who were not training at the uh, at the student gym. So it was still a lot of college guys, students, meatheads. You know, a lot of I'm sure. a lot of testosterone in there. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, it was a great again first hands-on experience for me uh, to just kind of learn learn my craft, learn how a gym operates right. like a normal gym. Right. Um, and uh, and yeah, I, I learned a lot there. Looking back, I can always I always think like, man, what was I thinking? So many things I did wrong. Yeah. But but I think that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, I had uh, Louis Barone on recently. I've had him on a few times. He's a friend of mine. Um, and that's always the piece that we go back to. I can't believe I did that. I made so many mistakes then. But you know, he mentioned this, and I've always felt this you know you're working with people and you're not quite sure if you have all the answers and I think when I started I was pretty sure that I didn't but the one thing that I did have was I really cared about their health and if I knew there may be a better way I was going to research that and I was going to try to figure it out right and I'm sure that's where you were as well you cared about them you know you were making mistakes but you make mistakes at the level of your knowledge yeah you know only based on what you know so I can I can only imagine how things were being done back then, but how did you evolve from there? Um, from there,
1: so let's see. I graduated, um, and I moved back home. I went, uh, w- which is Tampa, Florida. Okay. So I moved back home, and uh, at that point, I'm just you know, college graduate with a degree. Uh, let's find a job. Right. So you're you know you're promised all of, you have all these promises that you'll have this great career afterwards uh, and everybody will be wanting to hire you and it wasn't that easy you know coming out especially around that time right that was 2009 it was right after right uh the big crash right so um living at home luckily only for about two months okay. training friends uh still getting you know some hands-on experience Um, Just like helping buddies out and stuff like that. And then...
0: Now, let me stop you
1: there quickly. It's uh, not
0: necessarily booming for you right now, correct?
1: uh, At that point, yeah.
0: It wasn't booming. And how did you kind of keep your eye on the prize and stay focused on the goal when it's not looking like it may be the most lucrative career? Because, you know, some people say, "I I didn't get into it for the money, but you still have to live and pay bills. Right. So how did you stay focused during that time and how did you say... Uh, stay on the pathway uh, Not hard to stay focused when you're living with mom and dad. Okay <laughs> Understood
1: <laughs> anything to get out uh, of the house. Not that I don't I gotta love make my this mom work, dad right? <laughs> yeah, but uh But you just spent the last at least five years of your life four or five years of your life um, Not living at home, right? You moved out It was you know, it's freedom and you don't want to go back to living at home, right? Of course So um, so I'm living there and uh and yeah that's my motivation but i also like you said i would i didn't get into this career for you know to drive the ferrari right. and have the the huge house i i did it to you're one help of the few by the way yeah <laughs> yeah i wanted to help people right. uh so so i kept doing that even for free right. helping my friends and, um, I,
0: and i think there's always every it seems like every fitness professional wellness strength coach i've had on the show there was a period where they absolutely worked for free, and yeah. it wasn't necessarily a week or a month it was an extended period of time, yeah, and they had to keep their head down and do the best they could till things came to uh, uh, more a better situation, so to speak but it's interesting what you learn about yourself during that time
1: right yeah that that actually that continued to happen for me even when I got a job, okay so from there, from living at my parents' house um through a friend of a friend it was interesting how it happened but uh i got a job at the fountain blue hotel as a trainer okay and i first started working there
0: by the way fountain blue for the listeners because a lot of our listeners are not in miami miami beach the fountain Blue hotel is an amazing beautiful hotel in north north of miami beach and uh 44th street yeah 44th and they put a billion dollars into that hotel. So you can only imagine the people that come in and out of there. It's beautiful. And they have a great fitness space. And that's where you were working at that time, yeah. correct? Yeah. Okay.
1: So, um, so I got that job. And I was really excited about it. Uh moved to Miami for that job. Okay. And I would basically spend 12 hours a day there wow. for free. Because it worked like this. You would walk the floor, you would introduce yourself to people, you would meet clients, or potential clients, and and you'd hopefully train them. If you trained them, if you were able to convert somebody on the floor to a potential training client, then you'd make money for that training session or that hour. But there's definitely days that went by that I did not train a single person. So, 12 hours a day, you know, how many days a week that I'm not getting paid. Um, But again, that is a a valuable learning experience right. where you learn a lot about sales which I knew nothing about I was a trainer I didn't know how to sell right. myself right so that right. was a huge sales learning experience for me you'd learn how to approach people how mm-hmm. not to approach people um, right. and and what people were looking for hmm you know you try to strike a conversation that was not easy to do just strike up a conversation off the bat with a complete stranger
0: who's also f- semi-focused and trying to train right right yeah yeah you might feel like you're bothering them right but you said you mentioned uh you had someone that was terrific there helping you out and when we talked off the air you mentioned uh how he helped you become more uh i don't know if it's personable but helped you communicate a little bit better Um, and what did he advise you to do because i thought that was terrific it was positive
1: yeah so um i had an old friend of mine named jc who uh who really kind of took me under his wing and not the jc from anatomy no, no, not that J.C. <laughs> J.C. Moran. Okay. Shout out. Um, he 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 took, uh, I think he actually graduated with a degree in uh, exercise or fitness psychology. Oh, that's so terrific. So he was able to really help me understand how the mind works, uh, not only in approaching a client, but when, when actually exercising and, and how to speak to people. Always, for example, saying we instead of you uh just something simple like that like we're in this together it's not you and me it's us uh little things that went a long way and and helped me out helped me uh to let my guard my guard down take down those walls and and approach people um he would tell me okay approach five people today get five new names today Mm -hmm. um or you know every no gets you one step closer to that yes um just little, little things, little phrases, little uh, sound bites mm-hmm. that I would have kind of circling in my head. Smart. Yeah, um, approach somebody with a towel and a water, You know, strike up a conversation, ask them what they're working on, ask them if you can help. Mm-hmm. So that was a really great experience for me um, to just break out of my shell okay. and become more than a trainer because you can be a great trainer, but if you don't know how to communicate with people Uh, if you don't know how to interact with people and and relate to them then the the information itself is only somewhat so
0: valuable right right communication is everything it really is Um, i I often say you know they say 85 percent of your success will come from your communication skills 15 will come from your actual skill set yeah and it's been so true if you don't understand how to talk to people you're in trouble. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how many PhDs you may have, but it's the truth. Yeah. She, even within your team. Yeah, there's a
1: uh, a chef you and I both know, Chef B. Of course. And I was talking to him the other day, and he said something that, that uh, struck me. And, mm-hmm. and it, you can relate this to any profession. He said um, he's a great chef,
0: right? Yeah, Chef he's, B is at Nayara. It's a uh, Thai restaurant. Uh-huh. In Thai Miami, fusion. Thai Fusion in Miami Beach. The food's incredible. And in, uh, Chef B's story—he was a prep chef. Well, I think he said, told me quickly. I just want to give him a little background. Ethan. He washed dishes in Miami Beach for six years when he first came over here, and then he was a prep chef for Nobu, and then he ended up starting his own place. And his restaurant is amazing. Yeah. So try it out if you're in Miami Beach, Niara.
1: So he's a he's a very successful guy. He's got a restaurant with amazing food but he was saying being a great chef isn't enough. He said to just be a great chef, to just produce great food, isn't gonna make you successful. Because you see him, when you go to his restaurant, he's barely ever behind the line. He's interacting with people, he's talking to people, socializing, connecting, that's why he's successful. Oh, yeah. So he understands that and I think that's really uh, valuable.
0: Mm-hmm. A million percent, I respect him to the end of the earth. In, so,
1: you're absolutely right being a great trainer isn't enough just knowing the information right.
0: isn't enough right yeah it, you're absolutely right if you are you know the most in shape fit smart intelligent no systems no protocols energy systems amazing at programming I tell you I've been around some amazing strength coaches and wonderful personal trainers who no one wants to spend a second with yeah it's true. And it's torture watching because they are still successful. But the amount of success they could have right it's sad to see them miss opportunities. Right. It's really sad. But they're also the same people that no one can talk to. Yeah. You know, they don't they're not open to it. Right. They're you know, a book. Yeah. It's it's really sad. I mean around personal trainers that work incredibly hard and they crush it but they could have so many opportunities they just don't understand that they, it's not worth offending certain people it's, why don't you just become a part of the conversation and aid and assist you know but it's it's something that people I, th- I really feel either they get or they don't get I yeah. really do So I'm sorry okay so uh, you know you, you your communication skills at the fountain blue and then from the fountain blue mm-hmm. uh, so from there I'm working at the
1: Fountain Blue for four years. Mm-hmm. Um, worked my way up to senior trainer, um, really producing very well over there, uh, making good money, happy. Uh, and then I am introduced to a company called Barry's Bootcamp. And, uh, and while still working at the Fountain Blue, um, I start working alongside. Um, a couple guys at that company and then they open and I begin to train also at Barry's Bootcamp. So I'm now doing uh, both.
0: Right. And, I, I and one-on-ones t- at t- Tell Tell the, everyone what Barry's is because most people will know but for the people who won't know. Okay. So Barry's
1: Bootcamp is uh, it's a group fitness facility. They only do group fitness. It's a boutique style um, high-intensity interval training with uh, treadmills and, uh, and weight training. Right. So... Um, so I'm doing all of my group fitness there. Uh, I'd say teaching about twelve classes a week,
0: and then I'm doing all of my one-on-one training at um, at Fountain Blue. And what's the environment? What's the? You, so you talked a little bit about the environment at Fountain Blue, but talk about the environment at Barry's and what type of people are coming in there, what they're looking for, and you know the how teachers are a bit different. The teach all the teachers are. Have something positive to offer, but just explore or discuss the the brief differences.
1: So at uh, at Barry's, it's definitely um, it's all about energy. Okay. It's all about the atmosphere. I always say, whether you, no matter how you're feeling mm. that day, you walk into this room and the lights are dim. There's red lights on, and it's kind of dim, and the music is loud. It's like being in a nightclub. Okay. And and then the the trainer comes on the microphone, and he's is mo- or she is, is motivating you through this workout. And no matter how you were feeling that day, you know, we talk about like getting in the zone when you're working out. Of course. They have created the zone right. for you. <laughs> nice. No matter what you feel like, you walk into that and it's it's the zone. You right. walk into the zone and you just, you almost can't help but feel energized and and motivated to work out.
0: That's awesome. So they've,
1: they've done a really good job of creating that environment.
0: Right they have done a good job because everyone and their mother goes there so congrats to all their success
1: yeah and uh, and and going on that energy uh, the 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 trainer like I said before you could be the best trainer in the world um but the clients don't always necessarily come for that they don't always come for the most educated trainer they that's important you you need to be making those form corrections uh, and and delivering the information, but what they really come for, what I found is your energy. They want your energy. So if you don't provide that energy, if you're not, you know, full of energy, uplifting, motivating, then
0: no matter how smart you are, they're probably not going to come back. Yeah, it's hard, and it's not about. Let's not miss the target here. It's not about being liked. It's about, you know, Ethan said in short, giving them energy, but. They're having trouble sticking with it, and they're telling, screaming it. They're saying, "Look, I have a difficult time sticking with the program, being consistent, staying active, staying healthy, and I need someone to give me a little bit something extra." And that has nothing to do with being liked. That has to be doing with creating a certain aura and energy around you, and that's an energy that you want to people want to be pulled into. So um, you know, you, they've certainly created that over there. And um, so while you're at Barry's, you're working at the Phone Blue. So you have two different jobs so mm-hmm. to speak
1: same same craft but different locations right yeah one is a uh, group fitness mm-hmm. and one is uh really you know un- my undivided attention one-on-one focusing a lot more on the specifics the details the technicalities with those one-on-one clients so and they both they both serve their purpose they're both i think amazing Uh, in their own regard Mm -hmm. that's why I enjoy doing both right one one is more you know fun like you're putting on a show it's a performance it's fun there's music It's lights Uh, and then the other is um, a little bit more uh, that's that's the stuff that I really I read the books for right right? and I take the certifications for and stuff like that
0: And there's got to be a little bit of a stage presence over there I mean you're performing oh yeah you really are and do some instructors take it to the next level in regards to their performance? Absolutely. Yeah. I would say. So Which isn't that, necessarily
1: a bad thing. Right. And, and often those are the most popular instructors right. too. There's, I remember taking classes from instructors who, regardless of what exercise they were having me do or what the workout was like, they were so fun or funny or their energy was so great that... I didn't care right. <laughs> they could have me do most ass backwards exercise I'm not right. saying they were yeah but uh, I was having a good time yeah you know and then that
0: made me want to come back and I've never believed that fitness and wellness there's certainly gonna be times that are challenging and that are very difficult but it doesn't have you don't have to hate it like why would you do anything you hate you shouldn't hate it I mean if it's difficult I get it if you're having a challenging time I get it but you shouldn't do anything you hate That's yeah. just my personal opinion
1: yeah so. Yeah, it's important to find, and that's the secret I think to, to, uh, having a consistent fitness lifestyle. If you find something you enjoy, you're a hundred times more likely to stick with it. Oh yeah. But uh, but yeah, the as far as the performance aspect goes, it varies. I um, that's for me. I think that's where I have had the most personal growth okay because I'll tell you right now I'm, I'm always the first one to tell you that when I first started there I was terrible really I was awful I was, why do you
0: say that what was
1: what was so terrible about your I just uh, I hadn't broken out of my shell yet okay. I didn't have the confidence on the mic um, I was stiff I uh, I wasn't able to relax enough to just kind of be myself tell a joke be fun right um, I was so focused I was a personal trainer in a group fitness atmosphere Um, because that was where all my experience was so I'm not so much focused on the energy or uh, the entertainment value I'm so focused on like oh my gosh they have to do everything perfectly and if they don't then I'm I get sidetracked and I get uh, discouraged and frustrated so I just I let little things get in my head right and I think, um, I still have a long way to go, but I think I've come a long way since the beginning. I've, I've really, I could never, I didn't like talking in front of crowds. I could right. never be on a microphone mm-hmm. before that. Um, and now I feel perfectly comfortable you know, talking to a group of
0: sometimes 50 people. Oh yeah, I, I, you're definitely one of the, we have our weekly trainer meetings at Anatomy. And I thought you had uh, professional speaking uh, practice. And I mean, I'm sure that's a large part of it,
1: right? Uh, yeah, I'd say yeah. if you had met me before I oh, yeah. was a trainer of Barry's, I don't think
0: you'd say that. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Okay. So then you made your way over to anatomy. uh uh-huh. And then you started training at anatomy. And talk about if there are any differences between anatomy and uh, the Barry's crowd. Um,
1: I'd say there's actually quite a few people who are members at both. Crossover. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But something that I'd say pff, at least ninety percent of the individuals at Barry's boot camp are that type A personality okay. right um, and I mean, there's a lot of them here also, but you have to be that type A personality to uh to be drawn to that really high intensity atmosphere mm. that they create there. The push, push, push. yeah. And, and so I always say, whenever I teach a class, I'll teach like a 50 minute class and man, they're getting their asses handed to them. Mm -hmm. And then the last like five to 10 minutes, we do a stretch. And, uh, and that's, I always say like, I know you guys, this is the hardest part for you to just do nothing, right? <laughs> to just relax. Oh, yeah. Because all the type A personalities, they just can't sit still. Oh, yeah. They want to keep moving, moving, moving. As soon as they're done with their workout, they want to leave, they want to go. And yeah, they're thinking about where they're going to go to the next class down the block. <laughs> right. Yeah, so that's that's one characteristic I would say. Um, it might not be unique to Barry's, but, uh, but the majority of the people, the members there, are definitely that that type A personality. Not that that's a bad thing, but I'm glad they've found something that, um, that they enjoy right. you know there's a lot of type A personalities uh, at anatomy too yeah. but but there's also those people um, I would say like a bodybuilder let's use that as an example I think a bodybuilder for the most part is not a type A personality they're more the individual who likes to uh, put their headphones on shut everything off right. and be just in their heads for yeah. that hour um, and and in their own world, right? In their own world, exactly.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. So, you know, you've had tons of experience coming from uh, the Leach Center Gold, and this is a career for you. You worked hard at Fountain Blue. You're currently <clears throat> still working hard at Barry's and with our team at Anatomy. Let's talk about some of the things that you see, and I want to get into, you know, the family, and but let's just talk quickly about things that you see the nutritional uh obstacles and hurdles of a lot of the people that you're surrounded by not just your clients but how hard it is to be mindful of their nutrition mm-hmm. because i think being in south beach man it's a competitive environment man and yeah. i'm talking about purely aesthetics uh yeah they people really really care about the way they look which i can completely respect that why wouldn't they care about the way they look mm-hmm. um you know, you see 50, 60-year-old men walking around with a six-pack, women who really don't want to have any body fat on their body. What do you see in the community in South Beach and in the world, in the fitness industry?
1: Um, yeah, something, you're, you're right about that. I think it's something that is unique to the fitness industry right. and South Beach and other areas like it. Because what what is, I think, sort of a new problem is the overtraining and undereating? Oh yeah. Um, I mean, it's always been an issue, but it's really it's really grown into uh, a significant problem that I see al- amongst a lot of people. the The more common issue is the under exercising and overeating. Right. That's, oh yeah. That's the overweight individual that, outside
0: of Miami Beach.
1: Right outside yeah, of Miami yeah. Beach, who who just wants to lose some weight. Um, that's the average client, I think, mm-hmm. in most places. And um, but now we're seeing the polar opposite, where people, these Type A personalities, uh, especially, are training too much and not eating enough, and damaging their metabolism. Uh, so I'm actually I'm learning about that myself because that's not something they teach you in school. That was that's relatively new. Metabolic damage, right? Yeah, yeah. They teach you how to you know burn fat and build muscle. That's what we all want to do. Yeah. Um, but they don't teach you about overtraining and under eating and, and how that can affect your metabolism so mm-hmm. that's the unique problem i think to south beach right that i see a lot of and i'm, right. I'm still learning about it myself and I'm, I'm trying to help uh anybody who comes to me uh who i think is a an, an unfortunate
0: victim right and that's obviously stems from a lot of pressure from the people they're surrounded by but also you know i think what happens is people get on YouTube, they read a magazine, they're just over... They're over-consuming supplements, whatever it may be. They're not mindful of just the whole food that they're putting in their body. And they everyone wants to fast-track everything.
1: Oh, yeah. Expedite they, the process. Yeah, man.
0: I, w- I want to get there. Let's go. I want to get there. I want to look like you. I want to look like that, which um, am Dude, it took me 30 years to get where I am, and I think I got a lot... Of flaws, but I can understand why they feel that way. I just wish that there was more, you know. Put your time in, take your time, build that foundation, and the rest will come. But I just, um, how do you, how how do you explain? How do you advise clients, people around you, people who are searching for the ultimate body physiques uh, on proper nutrition? Because it's hard to break through.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think. uh one of the most important things that doesn't get talked about a lot within fitness is patience, because you're right, everybody wants to expedite the process they want it to ha- they want it to happen as fast as possible, and that that's usually the least healthy route. Um, unfortunately, we live in what we call the age of information, right mm-hmm. so it's also the age of misinformation, and you have a lot of information out there I mean. I even get confused sometimes and I consider myself pretty educated oh yeah I can't imagine somebody who has no education in nutrition no education in fitness they're given all of these contradicting um, articles or information on the internet on social media uh, and they don't know what to believe so they're trying this they're trying that all these extreme things and uh, they're pulling their body in, in all so many different directions right um, so, so something I try to be is a voice of reason on those social media outlets, mm-hmm. uh, preaching balance, preaching patience, um, because it's going to take a little bit longer, but mm-hmm. the results are going to stick and uh, and you're not going to be yo-yoing up and down so much with your health.
0: And that that speaks to intention. We always talk about intention when you're training, like what is your intention when you train, but what is your intention with what you're consuming? Keep in mind that a lot of these products probably do what they claim to do in the short term, but people aren't aware of what's gonna happen long term and the amount of damage that can be caused. Uh, It's like the concept of robbing Peter to pay Paul if you don't understand like, what's happening with the uh, science in your body, you could end up being even worse off than before you started consuming whatever that product may be.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I always say, or I advise my clients to look at something, no matter what it is, and say, uh, does it work? Often the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. But the second more important question would be, is it sustainable? and often the answer is no Mm -hmm. uh, to these fast-track plans these these extreme diets these these extreme supplements and workouts right so those two things um, they often go hand-in-hand yeah it works nobody's denying that it works right but is it sustainable is it healthy
0: yeah I often often uh, my theory is if you can make it a part of your daily uh, protocol systems and nutrition and keep it going forever. For example, if I had you eat, just a hypothetical, an apple a day, would an apple a day cause you harm? Absolutely just, not. Yeah, an apple a day. And if you wanna call it an organic apple, so be it. Would that be harmful to you? Of course it wouldn't. Right. If something's gonna harm you after three, four, five days when you stop taking it, you should really give that some thought. Yeah, and what's happening inside your body and then it's hard to come up with answers if you don't have a background in science but you can certainly research or ask someone who is knowledgeable right? like an Ethan Marine so I I think people really need to pay attention to what they're putting in their body now more than ever yeah really yeah I couldn't agree more and
1: and that all goes you know also on opinion and and it's all relative to each individual because you could you could go into further detail with whether it's, we should do a vegetarian diet, or uh, whatever diet you're talking about. There's no there's no perfect diet, I think, is the, the message I'm trying to deliver. There's a lot of people come to me and they say, what's the best exercise for this? Or what's the best food for this? Yeah. And there is no best anything yeah. in the fitness industry. I think people need to kind of get away from that idea detach from the concept of there's this one best thing it's uh it's gonna depend on that person and uh and it can vary Mm
0: -hmm.
1: there's no like this is right that is wrong this is good that is bad that doesn't really exist in the uh in the industry
0: no it really doesn't and and more to the point that everyone's totally different and they you know, keep in mind when they approach you, they think they're asking you the most intelligent question ever because I want to cut through the bowl and I want to get a great answer from Ethan. So I'm going to ask him what the best food I could possibly eat in you know, the best shape of my mm-hmm. life. Or what's the squats, right? I should be doing squats yeah. every day. Can <laughs> I yeah. tell you how many times
1: I've been asked that question? Oh, yeah. What is the best this or yeah.
0: that? Oh, yeah. And then I said, well, you could do squat squats are wonderful exercise, but what do you think is going to happen to your knees? after you're doing squats every day for three weeks. Yeah. Or your hips. Right. I mean, you're just fast-tracking yourself to a replacement or a hip issue. Right. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care how many articles you read that deadlifting every day is actually good for you. A chronic pattern is going to cause harm. Yeah. Trust me, I'll win that argument. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, if you don't understand how joints work and how much you need to rest in between specific movements, you're going to have major problems within your body. Yeah, and even... um
1: Hey t- let me take a look at your squat. Mm-hmm. our so squats good? Yeah, they're great, but yeah. let me take a look at your squat first. Should you even be squatting in yeah. the first place? maybe your squat needs a lot of work before mm-hmm. we start to uh, load it up
0: right yeah uh, for sure for sure you know that, that that's great when people ask what the best food is, which kind of segues us into your family and and Ethan's a family guy he's a he's a husband he's also a dad to a little one. How olds your little one now? She's two and a half she's two and a half and what kind of stance do you take as parents with uh, your little one because I know it must be so incredibly hard to set a positive pathway with nutrition and even behavior at that point yeah so how do you handle that well luckily at the age of you know from from two and a half from
1: everything that I've experienced so far with my daughter we have been in control right Um, I know one day that's not gonna be the case but as long as it is then I am going to do my best to control what goes in her body. Um, I can at least control what is around, mm-hmm. what she has uh, readily available in the house. Um, if I if I have a bunch of junk around, available, then that's what she's going to eat. Right. So I just don't get that stuff. It's just not in my house. Right. So her diet is uh, it's as organic as I can make it you know as organic as we can afford
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, I usually say um, all animal products organic or grass-fed mm-hmm. or you all know, of them yeah is it if hard it comes from an animal okay that's pretty is it, strict
0: is it expensive to do that very yeah yeah could it could the average person who's got three miles to feed or let's say two miles to feed who's on minimum wage afford that
1: absolutely not if yeah. I had a second daughter I couldn't afford it okay there's no way so luckily I'm in a position where I can afford it at the moment right and that's even I would say 80% of the time okay there's that 20% of the time where it's not right. um, and that's that's also for the for the produce the fruits okay. and the vegetables I try to keep them organic um, and as clean as I can as often as I can mm-hmm. and um, and we also don't have her consume any uh, dairy for the most part um, my wife is lactose intolerant my daughter's not but um, I'm just not a big fan of right. too much dairy in the diet. Okay, uh, as well as uh, as little grains as possible, especially like highly processed grains.
0: No, tell tell the audience why uh, you're you're more or less opposed to dairy and, and some of those grains. Uh, well, there's a lot of different reasons, but. If you were,
1: uh, I'm not gonna say that I'm I'm paleo, okay. But it, it goes based on those those paleo ideas, okay. Uh, where those things, especially if you look at the milk that we have today, it's not the milk that we had, you know, when your parents were growing right. up, um, or the bread we have today. It's not the same bread. It's it's highly processed. Uh, it it doesn't even resemble what what they were eating then. Okay. Um, it just has so many additional ingredients that sure we consider toxic right. on many levels uh, the, the grains are shown to produce inflammation um, some people don't respond to them well at all some of them respond just fine to them so again that's that's an individual decision to make uh, that's all relative I I'm not gonna say no one should have milk and no one should have grains um, I'll never say that about anything but I uh, I can tell you this the diet that we currently have With my daughter, which is really just, we like to ask ourselves: Does it grow from the ground, or does it come from an animal? Mm -hmm. If the answers are yes, she can eat it. Pretty much it. Keep it simple. Um, Now, grains are not edible from the ground; they have to be processed to be edible. So that's where that exception comes in, and there are of course exceptions to the rule. Okay. Um, But I will tell you this: In two and a half years, she's been sick Uh, about two times. like one time like really sick uh the other time kind of sick but two times in two and a half years and I know plenty of other children who have a different diet I'll just say that and they're sick all the time and I I think they're related I'm not going to say I know for sure I'm no scientist but uh I think they're related
0: okay so how was it was it a struggle in the home you're you know i Met your wife several times. She's an amazing energy as well. A big, oh yeah, big fan. Was no it, lack of energy there. Yeah, was it hard? Like you know, you're saying, hey, I want to feed our little one. This was, did you guys ever, you know, kind of have to debate? You know, the importance or the significance? Were you kind of on the same page from day one? I've been really lucky with that. Okay. Uh, I would
1: say 99% of the time, we're on the same page. Okay. Uh, she, we have we've been very fortunate to have very similar um, parenting styles okay I know a lot of parents might have different parenting styles and that can cause uh, you know friction but uh, but we we have very similar parenting styles and we have the same ideas when it comes to food um, and discipline and everything else Um, now my wife because she's not in the profession of fitness um, she is more likely to be like come on give her Mm -hmm. a." a sometimes that happens it has to right give her a potato chip it's it's Uh gonna be okay Mm. and you know while it's like a punch in the gut to me uh, I know (laughs) it's not a huge deal she's gonna be all right
0: okay understood nice all right and do you see how are you gonna handle it later on when she wants that burger cheeseburger that garbage food Mm -hmm. do you ever put yourself through the ringer and think about how you are gonna handle that later on in life you know when she's 12 or 13
1: yeah yeah, I uh, I know she's going to go to school one day, and there's going to be a kid, um, a really nice kid, sharing his Oreos or something, uh, mm-hmm. and she's going to have some junk that I would never give her, um, and I just have to be okay with that. I have to accept that. I mean, I I look back at my childhood. I told you I was eating Totino's pizzas every day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner Monday through Friday. Oh, wow. And you know, since I made a drastic change a little bit later on in my life, I consider myself a really healthy guy. Right. Um. So, you know, she's gonna have that junk food, and I eat burgers. I eat burgers. You know, every once in a while, yeah. I have my um, my reward meals. I call them. I don't call them cheat meals. Uh, I earned them. So, okay. so yeah, she can have a burger. Go for it. Enjoy it. Uh, but just don't make a habit of it. You know, just don't. If it, as long as it's not an everyday thing. Okay. As long as you recognize that right. it's a treat
0: all right you know understood understood so uh, transitioning into the social media culture how do you handle some of the things that you see on social media and fitness and wellness and nutrition you know this this is twofold question the, mm-hmm. the first part is you know we see things that may not be optimal and maybe leading someone down a unsustainable unrealistic pathway with fitness mm-hmm. and movements exercises. The other part is, you know, people trying to qualify themselves as professionals. Yeah. You know, and I see people trying to qualify themselves as professionals in as therapists, as uh, nutritionists, as trainers and, listen, I am not a fan of people trying to uh, expedite or get themselves to a certain level and they haven't put in the work. Right. You know, I feel like I ha- I have to Put ten more years of work in to get to a bit higher level or a more knowledgeable level. And how do you feel about this social media community when people aren't necessarily qualified to give advice? Yeah, that's
1: uh, that is a constant battle that goes on in my mind on a daily basis. Uh, I I try to be, like I said earlier, the sort of a voice of reason. Um, I try to be a positive voice on social media. As often as I can, but I also feel like it's almost my duty. Mm-hmm. I'm almost responsible right. for sort of weeding out the you could even say the real from the fake. Right. Um, not that they're fake, but may- maybe they honestly. I and I, I've thought about this, you know, quite often a lot of these people they might genuinely believe that they are doing the right thing and helping out even though it's the wrong information. Now there's people out there who know this product is BS but I'm trying to make a buck. Right. Um so I don't want to put them all under the same umbrella, but um but it's it's really it's tough for me to see people who are not educated, not certified um to, to present all of this information that is uh, uh, often scientifically inaccurate. I, I, wanna, I wanna call them out, I don't. Um, so I just try to provide as scientifically accurate information right. as I can on my feed. Right. But uh, unfortunately what you often see is those people, those individuals with the uh, less accurate information and just kind of posting more selfies, and it's more aesthetic it's more uh, just pretty pictures
0: it's pictures right that's what Instagram is yeah sorry
1: yeah I I came to that almost a a couple days ago actually I I realized like hey Instagram isn't necessarily the best platform to educate people on I'm going to continue to do it but it's what it always has been pretty pictures Mm -hmm. that's really what it is and that's what people love if you see the most followed individuals uh, on Instagram it's really just pretty pictures and the people with the best information like some of the people I follow I follow some people who are super educated and they provide awesome information and they have like 200 followers and I'm I mean I'm following them because I think they're great but obviously most people don't see that a lot of other people don't see the value in that
0: It's, it's really sad I mean I I know I could think of a handful of fitness wellness professionals that just have amazing insight and they're so intelligent and nobody even knows who they are. Yeah. It drives me crazy. Yeah, that's unfortunate. You know, and, but I mean, honestly, I know who they are and I pay attention and I tell them every chance I get how much I appreciate their knowledge. Right. But I think there's also an aspect in social media where, you know, you have to be very careful. You have to be very careful because... There's certain people who may be very intelligent and they call people out or ridicule or say, you're an idiot because you're doing this. And I, listen, it's not the best way. It's just my way. I always try to tell myself, are you going to jump into that conversation and rip someone to pieces? Right. Or tell someone that they're, you know, out of shape and lazy or they're a bad uh, teacher or an instructor or a parent. And I'm saying that's not going to help anyone. Yeah. I always err on the side of let me give them a solution. Let me be a part of the solution and not the problem. When the problem is creating more chaos and uncertainty and and more of an issue, I want to provide them with what I feel may be better options. Right. I just don't think enough people do that. No,
1: you're right. There's I think uh, too often the response is uh, negativity, ridicule. You've We've got plenty of internet trolls out there. Oh, yeah, who are just, yeah, I think they're just sitting there surfing the <laughs> waves
0: looking for yeah. people to, to take down for sure. <laughs> I have this uh picture of you know, an internet troll and they're in a dark room with the computer open and they're staring at the computer and they're rubbing their hands together like I can't wait, <laughs> I can't wait to see something I can jump on. Yeah, and I always said, oh, Let me check out this person, I want to see who this person is who acts like that. And I click on their picture and it's a picture of like. A homer simpson or something right but right. there's no pictures of themselves yeah that speaks volumes of who they are <laughs> exactly so okay cool so you know what what would be advice that you can give um, some young fitness professionals uh, trainers nutritionists that are starting off in the business what, what would you like to pass on to them that you know you didn't necessarily have passed on to you at an early uh, early stages in your career um, I guess what we talked about earlier, uh, really refining
1: your communication skills, because right. that was something that I was nobody ever taught me how to do that. Nobody even told me that that would be important. Uh, it was all about the education, the information in the book. Right. Right. Pass the test. Uh, know the information. Know the anatomy. Know the science. Um, and and I felt like I I was really good at that. Uh, I've I've come to learn um now that there's so much i still don't know um but but at that time i thought i i had it i knew it i was good at it and i didn't necessarily know how to communicate it with somebody i didn't know how to deliver the information appropriately and so uh i think that's probably the most missed part uh for somebody really just starting out uh and some people have that naturally mm-hmm. some people are just born salesmen right oh yeah the gift of gab we call it yeah 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 Absolutely. so that that's something uh, a, a great piece of advice uh, and also to just put yourself in very uncomfortable situations because I never wanted to be in front of a large group of people on a mm-hmm. microphone that sounds like a nightmare to me and since I've forced myself to do it uh, hundreds of times by now um, mm-hmm. I've gotten really good at it and right. it's really it's it's changed it's changed my life it's mm-hmm. changed the way that I interact with people it's just I've it's given me confidence that right. I never had before right. um, and that was a very uncomfortable situation mm-hmm.
0: for me for a long time oh yeah and you, you've done something special which is you keep throwing yourself back into the arena and knowing that the more tries I, I, I give this I'm gonna get better at it yeah in in our weekly meetings early on before we started all the educational aspects there was something that I, I have to admit to I i was doing on purpose to not only help everyone improve where i was i'm the one who needed more improvement than anyone but i had everyone else to do it and what i do is i count uh the ums the ahs the lip smacks all those different likes i count those things and the difference between when we first started till now hmm. is night and day oh yeah and i don't even think anyone knows it yeah but no, I, I, every once in a while i'll I count certainly didn't yeah
1: those no. are, we call those, uh, at Barry's, we call those crutches. Oh, yeah. So, everybody has a crutch. Right. Even the great ones. Yeah. Oh, Sometimes yeah. Sometimes it's looking at your watch. It's the ums. It's the oohs. It's the maybe staying in one spot and you don't walk around the room. Mm-hmm. Everybody's yeah. got a crutch.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting. We call them word fillers. Uh, here. Yeah. But um, it's been a huge uh, benefit. And I'm just glad that we have a great team to share those uh, activities with. Okay. So... What, is there anything that you'd like to speak about in regards to the fitness community culture? And what if there was one thing that you would like to see change,
1: what would that be? I think the what we just spoke about, right. the, the social media. Okay, I wish there was more um, uh, regulation. Okay. Because at this point, you can really kind of just get away with anything. I could hop on there with no education and... S- you out the most nonsense information, and nobody. I'm not gonna get in trouble. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might have some trolls come at me <laughs> oh, yeah. and tell me I'm an idiot, but right. I deserve that. But uh, but at at the moment, like, if you were a PhD, if you're if you're a doctor, and you go on, I don't know the answer to this question, by the way, but if you were to go on to social media and give inaccurate, scientifically inaccurate n- information, would that jeopardize your uh your license and i feel like it would or it should you know um
0: certainly uh, compromise your integrity
1: right right so um i feel like the same should be true for uh fitness professionals health professionals in general um they should be held to a high standard because nowadays the fitness professionals, the personal trainers, the nutritionists, uh, they are, at least in my opinion, placed under the same umbrella as the doctors as far as health is concerned. Because we, while the, while the doctors treat the illness, we prevent it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We are uh, preventing them from having to go to the doctor, or at least we hope so. And a lot more doctors are now incorporating fitness and
0: nutrition into their prescription that's right for insurance purposes and just getting people better in uh on a massive scale right yeah okay all right Ethan so the last piece of uh this interview is something that I have a good time with we have this is the lighter side of the interview okay so it's a speed round of questions um and we can go back to a few it's whatever you whatever you prefer I'm just going to ramble them off and it could be one word answers or a short sentence. Here we go. Favorite food? Oof. Favorite food, I like, there's
1: this, (laughs) there's this thing that I make every night before bed. Every night? Every night before bed. Oh. It's sort of a ritual for me and my wife actually made it up, it's called, I call it paleo cereal. Okay. Okay. And it's basically just a combination of nut butter. Uh, shredded coconut Flax seed Almond milk And diced up bananas And uh, and I just kind of stir it up in a bowl And I eat it like cereal Nice And um, you can ask my wife When the last time <laughs> I went without having that before bed It's probably been years Really? Yeah That's I'm addicted to it
0: Cool what's, favorite, what's the favorite food That your daughter craves That you really wish you wouldn't have? Cheese Cheese,
1: Yeah. The, you know those cheese sticks? Yes. Yeah, like the peel. Yeah, string yeah. cheese. String cheese, exactly. Yeah. I loved them when I was young, too. We make sure they're organic. Okay. But, uh, still. yeah, still. Understood. Favorite ritual?
0: Favorite ritual? Um... Some people use, like, morning coffee or, you know, quiet time. Oh, yeah. I mean,
1: I I need my morning coffee in order to literally just be a good person. (laughs) (laughs) I always say I'm a better person with coffee. Right. Uh, I have a ritual that I do not as often as I'd like Uh, here at Anatomy. I I go into the cold plunge. Nice. um, And I spend about... depending on the day, five to 10 minutes in that cold plunge. Okay. I put on some headphones. I turn on a guided meditation nice. uh, like on YouTube and I just close my eyes and um, and it's a really great opportunity for me to just kind of gain some sort of reflection. Uh, when you come out of that, you just experience so much more gratitude oh, yeah. uh, and it just changes your perspective on things. Nice, very so that's, nice. It's not a ritual that I do daily, but it is one of my favorite rituals.
0: Fair enough. Favorite pastime? Favorite pastime. It's got to
1: be just spending time with my daughter. Okay. Is there yeah. your favorite activity? Uh, we, we like to do the, uh, on Snapchat, we, we do the face filters. Okay. She calls them silly faces. Nice. Um, so we do those together. That's fun.
0: Sweet. Favorite sports team? Uh, if you have one.
1: Yeah, I honestly, I don't have one, but I'm going to... You can gonna, use
0: Team Anatomy if you want. Uh,
1: okay. I, <laughs> I'm, I'll happily use Team Anatomy. <laughs> Um, I could also, my wife is a much bigger sports fan than I am. What would she say? She would say 49ers.
0: 49ers? Yeah. That's, that's a cool choice.
1: Yeah. Is she we, a Kaepernick fan? Uh, She's not a Kaepernick fan, Understood. no. Understood. <laughs> but, we'll uh,
0: but we both love San Francisco. Great place. Yeah. Wow, great place. Favorite movie of all time? Um, Forrest Gump. Definitely Forrest Gump. That's a great movie. Lots of great messages. Yeah. Can't tell you how many times I've seen it. Nice. Now, will you go see Sully? Sully. Yeah, there's a there's a movie out now. This is this. But I just asked Ethan about a movie that's out now. You could tell he's so disconnected (laughs) because he's so involved in his work and his family, which is actually a great thing. There's a movie out now about the pilot who took the plane down in the Hudson River to save his life. Tom Hanks. You know, I. It's funny that you mentioned. I didn't know that there was a movie out about
1: it now, but that actually explains why there was a documentary on it right. on last night. Of course, that I caught a little glimpse of. Right. Um, Marketing. But, but yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, the, it's funny that you mentioned that because somebody the other day asked me, "Hey, did you see this movie? Like, like a movie that's in theaters right now?" Right. And I, I almost laughed. I <laughs> know. <Yeah. laughs> because they, they're not a parent. Yeah. And they just, they don't understand what it's like I can't even remember the last time I went to the movie theaters I really can't listen
0: I'm a movie fanatic and I used to see movies two three times a week I'm not a parent and I haven't seen a movie in a long time yeah and I love it I do too I never go I never go I don't really
1: watch TV I'm not a big TV show like I don't watch uh, you know like Game of Thrones like a series that you kind of keep up with I don't don't do that okay Uh, but I do love movies because I know that's just two hours that I need yeah you know that's true uh, Favorite TV show? Friends Nice No doubt You watch the reruns? I've watched every episode at least a dozen times <laughs> That's funny <laughs> I own the entire set Yeah,
0: that was a good show It really was Favorite book? So I wish I read more books I. Or favorite audio
1: book? Okay So yeah. One of my re- my New Year's resolutions mm-hmm. was actually to read more books. Okay. Because I find myself reading a lot of articles. I find myself watching a lot of YouTube videos. Right. Um, but I, I wish I read more books, specifically because uh, one of the things that my mom mentioned the other day, she said, um, when you were young, I used to read a book with you in the room, with you and the kids in the room, you and your, your brother. Um, I would read a book not only because I wanted to read a book, but also just to set a good example. If you're always on your phone in front of your daughter, then your daughter is always going to be want to be on her phone. Oh, yeah. If you're always reading a book in front of your daughter, then your daughter is going to be more inclined or more interested to, to read books. True. Just to set an example. That alone. So true. Um, so, so I haven't read a book. My, <laughs> it was my New Year's resolution, and, uh, and I've been really, really bad at it. Um, so at the moment, uh, my mom just got me a book that I'm about to read, called Sweat Equity.
0: Nice. I have not
1: read it yet. Who is that by? I can't. I don't. I don't remember. Yeah. Oh,
0: we're gonna have to face Sweat Equity. We're gonna have to look it up. Yeah. Okay. Favorite type of music?
1: Literally everything. If you everything. were to yeah, if you look at my playlist, it's like Britney Spears, house music, country, uh, and then Nirvana. It's mm-hmm. all across the board. I always say any music that produces some sort of emotional um, response is good music.
0: Hmm. That's great. I mean, I'm pretty much like that, too. You might hear Snoop Dogg to, oh, ta- yeah. to Ty McGraw. Yeah. It's pretty
1: all over the place. Yeah, the old school hip-hop is... Oh, yeah. I think that's that's one of my go-tos when I'm working out, especially. Yeah. Always with... Uh, with the Tupac and the
0: the Snoop Dogg and the Biggie. For sure. Sweat Equity, by the way, everyone, is uh, by Jason Kelly. And it's Inside the New Economy of the Mind and Body. And it looks good. I'm going to get that today. Yeah. Thank you, Mom. Yeah. Thank you, Miss Marine. Favorite quote? Speak softly and carry a big stick. I heard that this week or last week from Grant. Yeah. Except he said carry a big mace. Yes. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I like... The loudest guy in the room is the weakest guy in the room. Yeah. That's always been a favorite of mine. That there's, those two uh, quotes actually kind of go hand in hand, That's right? That's right. That's right. Favorite uh, mentor, someone really impactful in your life?
1: Um, I would have to say my dad. Nice. Yeah, my dad is um, the most selfless man I've ever met. Uh, everything is for us. He would... He would quickly give up his dinner so that not because we didn't have enough to eat but like and I had my plate full of food and he would give me his food just so my plate could be more full of food right, right? <laughs> and he would not eat that's that's the kind of selfless person he is he that's would inc- do put always put us kids in front of himself
0: it's incredible really
1: and he's uh he's the most patient calm man that I know also which uh, I attribute, I have, I have those characteristics too. Yeah. I can be very patient, very
0: calm. I'm shocked to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing you, you're exactly like that. Yeah. yeah, I get that from him. Yeah, for sure. Okay, last question. If there was there's a giant billboard on I-95, hmm. what would you put on that billboard? It could be a one word thing, it could be a sentence, it could be a phrase. What would you put on that billboard? I would probably put put your phone down yeah nice that because would actually be
1: perfect I just recently watched a, a very emotional video about um, somebody who was hit by a uh, person texting and driving Oh my God. and they had they confronted you know other people like hey do you text and drive yes I do they talked about it a little bit and uh, and I think any reminder because it's I mean you look around you if you're at a stoplight you look around you oh yeah for sure 90% of the people are texting or on their phone I mean granted they're at a stoplight okay Um, but I think I think that's actually one of the most important things you can put on that billboard if anybody as long as somebody took it seriously
0: put your phone down yeah
1: although you know what if they're on their
0: phone they're not going to see it that's (laughs) a good point that's a good point. Yeah, if you're get if you at a stoplight in Miami Beach, every single person on the phone. Yeah. Every single person. It's a miracle there aren't more
1: accidents. Something I saw the other day that... I mean, I don't know if this is unique to Miami. I doubt it. The light turned green, and the person didn't move, right? So they were on their phone. They were texting. They didn't notice the light turned green. But the person behind them... Didn't beep. Usually would beep, right? Right, right, right. Like, move. They didn't beep either, because they were on their phone too. And like three cars in a row were standing just sitting there at a green light none of them honking their horns because all of them were on their phones none of them noticed yeah it's extremely
0: dangerous and of course i've been guilty of it in the past so yeah i gotta do a better job myself ethan thank you very much for making time it was awesome and we're gonna get this up this week um once again is there anything you want to plug uh what before we get off the air um anything you want I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and shamelessly plug myself
1: nice Ethan marine please, fit please. on uh, on Instagram um, Facebook Twitter and yeah and Facebook also okay. yeah Ethan marine fit okay uh, come come find hopefully some in some educational uh, insightful uh, posts that are gonna preach a bit more balance um, and, and help you find the right information thats with uh, that, that are backed by science. It's not
0: a gimmick, right? Right. right. Absolutely, Ethan. Thank you very, very much for making time. Uh, thank you for being on the Magnum Methodist podcast. Much appreciated, my friend. Thank, thank, you. thank you very much.